And we as humans and as a planet have lost the capability to actually track, measure, and evaluate these chemicals for safety. So basically the chemical load of the planet is exceeding what the planet can actually handle. So what this means is every day we are exposed to an unquantifiable amount of chemicals. You're listening to the Well Woman Podcast. I'm your host, Gemma Lee, women's menstrual cycle educator, natural fertility coach, and daytime mermaid. This is a place where we discuss all things periods, poo, ovulation, fertility, and sex. Join me weekly as we rediscover our menstrual cycles, unlock its superpowers, and guide you back into your cyclical nature. This is episode 187 of the Well Woman podcast. Today on the show, we are chatting all things toxic load and toxicities. Yes, we're talking about how toxic load is affecting your menstrual cycle with Dr. Yvonne Burkhart. Now, Dr. Yvonne Burkhart is a PhD, DABT, and is a board certified toxicologist, coach, and corporate consultant. She's also a mother of two who's on a mission to help consumers avoid toxic exposure with confidence and ease. She's a 21-year veteran with expertise in reproductive toxicity, particularly endocrine disruption, infertility, and cancer. You were in for a treat with this episode. We are chatting all about, as I've mentioned, toxic exposure, where toxins are in the world, which toxins actually disrupt our hormones and throw our menstrual cycle out of balance, including infertility, menstruation experiences, cycle signs, and so much more. Dr. Yvonne guides us into how we can actually adapt a low-tox lifestyle by identifying where toxins are in our life, how we can reduce our toxic exposure and avoid it, and then also how we can clean out our personal care products. That's one of her favorite topics. It's definitely, we have lots of fun in this episode. And then she guides us in living that low-tox lifestyle. She also dot points exactly what we can do to give us some really great foundation in getting started. Dr. Yvonne, welcome to the Well Woman podcast. Thank you so much. I'm super excited to be here. You are welcome. This is going to be such a fun episode and I'm really blessed that you're here. So thank you for taking the time. Yeah, of course. Before we jump into it, because I just want to know everything about you, Tell us what day of your menstrual cycle are you on and how are you checking in in this moment today? How are you feeling? Well, first, I feel amazing. I'm super excited to be here. I want to thank you for inviting me. And I think today is, if I'm counting correctly, 28, day 28. So I'm due. I'm due for another shedding. (laughs) Good word. Good word. How long are your cycles generally? Oh, they've been really, really, really consistent ever since I became low tox and just started really sticking to more of an organic holistic lifestyle. So anywhere between like 28 to 30 days is like Mm. my sweet spot. Mm, I love it. Your little sweet spot. And it's hard sometimes because what if you begin menstruating at the end of the day on day 28? Does that make it 29 days or does it make it 28 days? I think people make it too complicated, but you can definitely have some change. You're not a clock. You're not going to be on point. Um, I love that. Now you mentioned low tox lifestyle. Tell us who is Dr. Yvonne, because I know a bit about you and I'm so excited for everyone to meet you. What is it that you do? How did you get into this work and how did you become this board certified toxologist? Oh, I love this question. Thank you for asking. So I'm a board certified toxicologist. I have my PhD in environmental toxicology. And what I do now is I'm an online course creator and a low tox lifestyle coach 
where I help consumers overcome the issue of toxic exposure through everyday products and help people live a low-tox lifestyle. So how I discovered toxicology was when I was a college student and I stumbled upon a research lab and then just really got into it that way. Then I ended up doing a research project and then staying on to become a graduate student, eventually just became so hooked on it, obsessed that I got my PhD and then I worked in the flavor and fragrance industry for a few years. So chemical industry. And then I decided that's not where my heart was. I really want to help women with women's health because I myself personally suffered through several fertility and hormonal issues. So women's health has always been really important to me. So being able to use my toxicology background to help women overcome these conditions is really my number one passion. So that's really how I ended up here. Mm, I love that. There's always a personal story that goes with it too. So I love that you just, you know, magically found your way here and in this beautiful passion. Now, what is toxicology? Because people are like, uh, is that like toxins sprayed on our food? <laughs> so explain what actually is that? So toxicology is the science behind safety or the study of poisons. Oh, I love that. That's, that's really, the actual, yeah, that's the actual really powerful. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, it was something I had never heard about before. And I just like stumbled upon it. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is all happening all the time. And it's super important for every person to know about this. Mm. And you mentioned a couple of times about, you know, being a low tox lifestyle coach and guiding people, particularly women and vulva owners and those who have, you know, menstrual endocrine systems about living a low tox lifestyle. Why is it important to live a low tox lifestyle? And then let's talk about all the toxins out there in the world. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's super important to live a low tox lifestyle because simply put, there's actually research on this that scientists have studied and quantified how many synthetic chemicals or how many chemicals just exist on our planet period. And we as humans and as a planet have lost the capability to actually track, measure and evaluate these chemicals for safety. So basically the chemical load of the planet is exceeding what the planet can actually handle. So what this means is every day we are exposed to an unquantifiable amount of chemicals. Not all of them are toxic, but there are many that are, that most people don't know about that are kind of slipping under the radar coming through a multitude of sources in our food, our water, air products, furniture, believe it or not, like so many different ways. And that's why it's so important to live low tox because if you can mitigate and reduce your toxic exposure. You're just giving yourself a better chance at disease-free and radiant health life. Mm. Like, yeah. It's a beautiful word, radiant health. Mm -hmm. My personal, um, I'll say low tox lifestyle began back in 2013, 2012, when I was diagnosed with leaky gut. And I was just like, I just have to throw all this shit out. And I was already quite a healthy person, but I just went deep into like the skincare that I didn't know about and the nail polish that I was once wearing and all of those things. And just a quick story before we go into toxins. When I think about living a low tox lifestyle, I just draw back to Dr. Yvonne about when I decided to make my first, um, body scrub for the shower and I just used sugars and I used you know a little bit of honey and some beautiful essential oils and there were so many ants in my bathroom and at the time I was renting with a friend and she was like Gemma what the fuck is all these ants in the bathroom like they just attracted to your body scrub and I was like but it's great 
anyway, um, that's how my journey with Flowtox started. And it really, I learned so much about it and it really helped me with my health when I had the leaky gut. And I've learned a lot more since, but I feel that a lot of the women that I see and that I work with have some kind of toxic exposure that they don't realize they actually can change. And it's relatively an easy change, like even just changing your pillow. Yeah. Getting a better quality pillow for your bed that you put your head on every night. So where are the toxins most in our, in our life? Like what, um, you mentioned about every day we're exposed to different ones and you mentioned different things about food and, you know, furniture and whatnot, but where are like, what's the top five locations where we'd find toxins in our life? And then what can we do about it? Oh, I love this question. Well, uh, top five. Okay. Well, first is air. Water. It's, it's, hard, it's hard to do top five, <laughs> maybe top 25. Yeah, I know. Top I one. could go on and on, but let's just like simplify it for everyone. So the top one is air and I'm going to go in order based on like the route at which we're exposed and how like quote unquote sensitive our bodies are and how Great idea. Yeah. So like the first one is air. So what we inhale can easily enter our bloodstream and our brain. So we have to purify our air. Second is water because we drink water. Our body is mostly made of water. So if you're drinking water that is like filled with toxic chemicals, that's not going to help you at all. Third is uh, our skincare and our personal care products. Fourth would be cleaning products like uh, laundry care, laundry detergent and things like that you use on your clothes that are against your skin. And then I'm going to go ahead and say number five is are the actual clothes that you wear. People don't know about this one. Really, it's kind of a little bit um, under the radar still, but with the movement of fast fashion, it's becoming much more widely known why textiles and clothing can also be a contributor to your toxic load. I never knew that about clothing, but on that point, clothing and textiles, what some of our listeners who've listened to a lot of these episodes don't know about me is I actually studied fashion out of school. And I did, you know, a full-on fashion degree. And then I became a swimwear designer. And people don't know about the dyes that are used to make certain colors or to create certain prints on fabric. So I love that you mentioned that because people are just really unaware. Now, air, water, skincare, personal care, cleaning products, and clothes. How do these toxic loads contribute to our overall bodies and health as women? Because I remember when I was learning about refining my own toxic load in my own life back in like 2014, I think it was, I learned that the average woman has around 514 chemicals and toxins on her body every single day. Now that might be completely wrong. And so I'd love to get your outlook on that number, but I was like, that is a lot. You know, I'm not someone that wears makeup often, but a lot of people would have no idea about that. So how does that impact the female body? Oh, this is an amazing question because somebody else asked me this question recently and I was like, let me rethink my response. So what I said before was that it, it isn't that women are more susceptible, but it actually is that women are more susceptible and for a reason. So women are more susceptible to toxicity than men through specific chemicals that I'm going to mention called endocrine disruptors, simply because women, as women were born with all the eggs or the oocytes that we're going to have for the rest of our lives. So if they're under toxic attack, then that's it. You kind of, you're just, um, working out of one basket. 
right? Whereas with men, they have new sperm that come every like five to six weeks or so. So they can have, and they also don't use as many products as women. But like you said, women have a significantly higher toxic load to cosmetics specifically and personal care products compared to men. It's insane. It really is. And I love that you highlighted about the sperm health because man, they can just renew their stuff. And even when I work as a natural fertility educator, when it comes to men improving their own fertility is, you know, give them 60, 90 days and they're generally quite good and they can, you know, renew a lot of what's going on with their sperm health. Whereas women, like you mentioned, like we're born with all of our eggs. And I love that when I was a baby inside my mum, my eggs for my children were inside my mum too. And so it just goes mm-hmm. to show that like so much of that is already like implemented. It's not just like, okay, I'm just going to improve my, my body right now. And then my body will make more eggs. Unfortunately, the men's endocrine system works very different to the female's endocrine system. Mm-hmm. But you mentioned about hormone disrupting chemicals. And some of those estrogen mimicking things. So let's talk about what kind of toxins disrupt our hormones. Oh, there are so many there. Get your notepad and pen out everyone. Yeah, You can't even quantify them, but let's just start first, like with a broad class. Okay. I'm going to talk about plasticizers. Plasticizers are used to make plastic. They're either used to make them hard, like, um, like, you know, like the Nalgene drinking bottles. Okay. Mm-hmm. I don't want to. So like, that's just an example of a hard plastic. I'm not saying that those bottles contain this chemical. Um, so hard plastics use bisphenol A as a plasticizer. Then soft plastics use phthalates to make them more flexible and malleable. So things that go into plastic wrap, um, they're also used in, believe it or not, fragrances as an ingredient, usually as a fixative. So it keeps the fragrance on your skin. It keeps it lingering longer. So it basically lasts longer so that the manufacturers use less, uh, amount of fragrances. So they make more money. It's cheaper for them to produce. Exactly. Exactly. So it's cheaper for them to produce because they have to use just like a little tiny bit, but the scent payoff is so much higher when you add the phthalates. But the problem is that makes it totally crazy for the consumer because phthalates can mimic estrogen. And so our bodies have like the tiniest, like extremely delicate hormone balance that even the tiniest bit that you add on top is going to throw you off. So bisphenol A phthalates, and then another one that is like the, one of the worst chemicals ever is called PFAS or Teflon like chemicals. Mm-hmm. So things that are used in nonstick cookware, waterproof gear, stain guard, water repellent, all that kind of stuff. But it's also used in cosmetics for the long last long wear kind of product that doesn't smudge. Yeah. Waterproof. That's right. Like waterproof mascara is huge. Like I used to use that forever because, you know, nobody wants raccoon eyes, but now that I know what I know, I'm totally down for raccoon eyes. Um, then rather than, you know, putting toxic, like I'll have raccoon eyes every day. That's right. That's right. And I mean, cause you just wipe it off and you know, I've actually found some really amazing makeup that doesn't smudge. So it's all good. I love that. (laughs) That's not what that's not waterproof. And you don't get raccoon eyes. (laughs) That's right. I think this is just such a great um, mini overview. Cause obviously, like you mentioned, there are so many, but a mini overview of where we can find some toxins that we didn't even realize were there because so many people don't recognize that 
if you are, you know, spraying perfume, I think people kind of understand that, okay, that could be, there could be something in that because there's a bit of awareness around that now out there in the world. But using a Teflon pan, people probably don't understand, like don't recognize that. Buying a BPA-free plastic container, does it mean that it's free of all toxins? Is that safe to say too? Totally true. It's actually one of the biggest marketing scams out there because if as long as it's plastic, there are plasticizers in there. There's no way to make plastic without plasticizers. People can't see me, but drink out a glass. <laughs> yes, glass. same glasses. here. Same here. Cheers. <laughs> always. Glass. glass always. Um, yeah, I'm definitely anti-plastic and my partner hates that I've got all glass containers at home or stainless steel. And he's like, they just keep dropping. I was like, well, don't stack them so high next to the kitchen sink. <laughs> um, so yeah, hormone disrupting toxins, estrogen mimicking toxins. We've just covered that. How do they disrupt the cycle, the menstrual cycle? Can we dive into how they actually impact the body? Yeah, they're basically adding to your estrogen load, right? So if you're having higher estrogen than you normally would without these chemicals, then that's going to influence your cycle because estrogen is really important to regulate your cycle at certain points during the cycle, right? So at certain periods, your estrogen is going to go up and then other times it should be going down. And if it's not going down and you have sustained high levels of estrogen, well, there goes your entire cycle. Totally. And have you seen... Or what do you see is a better question, Gemma. What do you see with high estrogen impacting women's cycles from cycle imbalances like endometriosis, PCOS? Like what is it that you see, maybe even infertility? What do you see being created in women's bodies because of this extra toxic exposure? Yeah, so it's really amplifying this this phenomenon of estrogen dominance, right? And when you have too much estrogen, then any tissues that respond to estrogen, like the uterus, you can start to get polyps. You can start to get overgrowth. People with endometriosis, it is uh, highly hormone dependent. And then breast cancer as well. So you have estrogen dependent breast cancers. And so estrogen is actually a carcinogen. I mean, it's endogenous within our bodies, but it's a carcinogen because it can, it stimulates cell growth. That's what it does. So when you're adding more estrogen in, you're just stimul- overstimulating yourself and then you're throwing off your entire cycle. So that's how you can get infertility because mm-hmm. you might not be ovulating, right? Um, your uterus could be, you know, not allowing the, um, the embryo to attach. There's so many ways. And then also like you could have extremely heavy periods, which is what I had. It was horrible, like painful, very heavy, very thick dark, you know, period. It was terrible. A lot of people don't really, like, even though your menstrual blood is ultimately your uterine lining and it's being released and detoxed, a part of me also believes, Dr. Yvonne, that our menstrual discharge and menstrual lining is also a releasing of toxins. Like the excess waste is just another way the body can release stuff. Like, you know, how we get acne or we might get rosacea through the skin. Like that's just one way the body might detox. There's so many ways. And I do sometimes feel that for some women, this is a method of detoxification. And when there is that extra estrogen present, it definitely happens to having, you know, owing contributes to having period imbalances or menstrual cycle imbalances around menstruation. 
So you mentioned you had heavy bleeds and heavy periods and dark colored bleeds. Would you say that's a common sign for someone who might have excess estrogen in their body? Yeah, I could. I mean, I've definitely heard of that. I mean, I'm not a physician, so I don't work with patients necessarily, but it's Mm -hmm. something that I personally experienced and I've heard of other women experiencing that as well. Mm -hmm. I don't think that, I don't think that's an uncommon effect. I don't, I don't think it's uncommon either. And yeah, I think if you're listening to this and you're someone who has this kind of experience, go and explore what your hormone levels are. Yeah. Explore what your toxic load is. So that leads us to the talking about how do we actually reduce and avoid toxins? So I think personally, I believe it's impossible to avoid every single toxin in the world, particularly knowing that it's in air. Like unless you're walking around in a little bubble, (laughs) you know, your own little cocoon, um, we can't avoid everything, but how can we take a step to reducing our toxic load and avoiding harsh toxins for ourselves to begin with? Well, you hit the nail on the head and you said that we can't avoid everything hundred percent, which is absolutely true. There's no way. And it's pointless to even try to be perfect because you'll just drive yourself crazy. Um, but yeah, definitely. I The way that I like to think about this is that the body is like a funnel. So the top of the funnel is all the stuff that we are consuming, that we're exposing ourselves to, like all the sources that I mentioned earlier, the air, food, water, personal care products, cleaning products, textiles, that's all input, right? That's all going into our funnel. But the detoxification pathways that we have in our bodies, like the liver and the kidneys, um, sweating, lymph, we have so many different ways to detoxify. That's the bottom of the funnel. So when your toxic load is bigger than your capacity to detoxify, that's when you start having issues with overflow and accumulation. So how do you actually start to reduce your toxic exposure? So first of all, just try to reduce it. That's key. And then support your detox pathways to make sure that anything that's in your body is able to leave your body. That's key. So those are like the two main ways. But if we want to break it down even further, how to reduce the input and the exposure, definitely get an air purifier if you can. If you can't afford one, then open your windows. It's shocking actually to know how many people don't open their windows at all. How, how, like, how do you not do that? Like I'm obsessed even in winter when it is freezing cold. Now I don't live in a climate where it snows, but very cold. I still sleep with the windows wide open. I'll never forget one of my ancestral teachers taught me to do this, like, and wear more clothes to bed or put more blankets on the bed and sleep with the windows open. Um, so yeah, I love that. So air purifier, sorry, I cut you off. Keep going. No worries. No worries. That's a, that's a really good point because like, uh, honestly, um, we just came back from Germany and the, our family over there, they open the windows wide during winter, at least for like every hour, open it for a few minutes or every couple hours, open it wide to like refresh the air. And it makes such a huge difference on your illness, just how many chemicals and viruses and bacteria are in the air. Just refresh your air. That's huge because in the air, you can find pollution, right? So if you live near a high traffic area, like a highway or a road or really congested urban area, then your air quality is going to be different. So in that regard, then that situation, an air purifier might be a better bet if your air quality outside is not that great, which is something that you can check. You can Google, you know, air quality near me or whatever like that. and You'll find it. Um, So that's one way of getting around it. Um, Opening the windows is free, but if you can't, then air purifier. You can also look into getting some plants. So plants are really great at producing oxygen. Some of them can 
um, detoxify some volatile organic compounds that are released, which is a whole other thing. Um, but yeah, like you're speaking plant- to a plant mom right now. And I'm yeah, like, oh, amazing. Yeah. I have 44 indoor plants. That's nice. I love That's amazing. Plants that is my amazing. Home. My partner's like, when we move, this is just your indoor plants. This doesn't even include your outdoor plants. <laughs> um, but yeah, go on. But I'm, I love being the green thumb and learning about that because I think that people recognize that trees filter the air outside, you know, when the air is, you know, blowing around the tree, but what about inside? So I love that air purifier, open the windows, plants inside. Is there any particular plants you like to favor? I love snake plants. Ooh. They're super resistant to, to like, you know, someone with a black thumb, if you don't water them, <laughs> they're pretty resistant. I mean, they do obviously need water at some point, but they're also like low light tolerant and you can propagate them, which is something I learned actually, I think on TikTok or something, you can just take a clipping of one of the leaves and transfer it to a glass of water and then it'll start to sprout roots and then you just pot it. And, and they're very durable. Like, yeah, exactly. You know, like I left for three weeks and they were fine. Them. <laughs> yeah. I'm interrupting this episode to let you know that today is sponsored by my brand new signature membership program, the Well Woman Academy. Would you love to discover your own menstrual cycle, understand ovulation, master menstruation and live cyclically? Well, your menstrual cycle membership is here. The Well Woman Academy is a monthly membership where together we study menstrual cycles, cycle tracking, cycle rituals, contraception, the feminine, eating and moving through your cycle. Yep, it's the number one place to discover how to end cycle signs and PMS for good. For less than $2 a day each month, you'll access over 150 live self-paced educational classes and cyclical specific learning modules across a wide range of formats, including written, audio, video, and guided home study. Not to mention every membership gives back with the menstrual cups to menstruators in need thanks to our commitment with the COVA project. Join me and women from all over the world inside our private Facebook community and online learning portal as we awaken your cycle, reconnect your body and guide you to live in cyclical harmony. Learn more and join us at www.wellsome.com forward slash academy. All right. So what else can we do? So we've just talked about air. Um, yeah. What else can we do to help reduce our overall toxic load and start that journey? Purify your water. Mm. That's a massive one. Most people are like drinking tap water and depending on your water quality, that could be the worst decision ever. Um, so again, check. So check your air quality, check your water quality, see where you're at, see where you're starting. Look for a filter that can remove as many pollutants as possible. That's Love that. That's the recommendation there. And then third is eat as many organic foods as you can, organic fresh foods. So or, or fresh organic foods that can also help to support your body's detoxification. Because uh, organic foods, at least in the US, and I'm pretty sure it's the same in Australia and other countries, aren't allowing the use of synthetic pesticides, which is amazing. But you know, pesticides are still used. So just because it's organic doesn't mean that it's like pesticide or chemical free. So still be aware of that, but the benefit is still outweighing the risk because there's nutrients that help you detoxify. You got minerals, fiber, all these other macromolecules that we need to be healthy. And then tip number four is clean out your personal care products and your cosmetics. I think this one this is, is bigger for people than food. For some people, it can be. For, mm. Because some people, like for most people, they can grasp 
what a healthy food looks like. They can grasp off of like, so fresh foods clearly are more healthy than processed foods. And even processed foods, most people know how to read a food ingredient label. Most people do not know how to read a cosmetic ingredient label. And cosmetics are, have some of the worst chemicals in it compared it's to food. They are, it has its own language. Exactly. It's it has like its all language. these chemical names and it can get totally overwhelming. And your journey actually sounds a lot like mine. So 2012 was when I had leaky gut. I got diagnosed. I was Stop like, I, am, I swear. I'm You're like, an I'm LG having, partner. <laughs> right. Exactly. I'm like, I am having so many health issues. Like what is going on? So uh, I was still very much at that point. 100%, you know, I'm going to go to my Western doctor. They're going to help me. They're going to help me figure this out. Nobody told me what was going on. And my, uh, you know, I'd heard about holistic and naturopathic medicine, but was like, no, no, that's, that's not for me. I don't believe in that until I was at the point where, okay, I've been to five doctors. They all tell me I'm normal. I'm clearly not normal. I'm a freaking mess. So let's figure this out. Let me go somewhere else. That's when I found out I had leaky gut, never heard of it before. Then I started looking into like all the products, like you said, the skincare and da, 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 da. And it was just, I went completely off the grid, like no shampoo. I was using um, like this kind of mud shampoo product. I hadn't gotten to the point of making my own yet. So I was trying to look online for like really natural products because I was so afraid at that point of chemicals. I was like, okay, no, this is not okay. I have to change. You know, I need to use my toxicology hat and I need to figure this out. So it's so funny that you mentioned that. And you did figure it out. And here you are. I did. And I love that you now teach people how to understand the ingredients on things like personal care so that they have less fear. It's, I like to think about it, Dr. Yvonne, like trying to learn Spanish or trying to learn Portuguese or trying to learn, God, Norwegian. You know, I'm like, okay, it just, there's so much to do. And where do you start? And I think that, when you're discovering personal care and what they actually put in personal care and don't tell you or what they put on the label or what they put in the product and don't really put on their label and they also don't tell you, I think it's just such an overwhelm or can create such an overwhelm. So I love that you teach that yourself and I'll ask you about that in a second. So what are the main things to look for in personal care? And that was your fourth one. Was there a fifth one or is the four, is the four good? Air purify, like go to air, purify air, purify your water, eat organic, close to nature um, and clean out your personal care. Was there another one or should we talk about how to clean out personal care? Um, Yeah, there is another one. You can also go for, and this is actually in your wheelhouse, right? Like you mentioned your experience with fashion is start wearing more natural fibers and ideally even organic, organically grown natural fibers. These things sit against your skin all day. Um, if you're wearing synthetic clothing, they're breaking off into little microplastics and you're inhaling that. So that's not good. Toxins are everywhere. It's just, this is highlighting they're fucking everywhere and just be aware of it. And so I think the more you look after your body and help your body's own detoxification pathways. And I want to ask you about that too, but before we go to detox pathways, because you mentioned a few organs to start with cleaning out your personal care and doing the dun, 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 dun. I finally designated some time in my calendar to do this. (laughs) What are the main things to look for? Okay. This is my favorite question ever, because this is what I'm obsessed with. 
Right. And this is what every single woman, every single person needs to know. If you're using products, you need to know this, that like you said, Gemma, there is so much stuff that is not only do you not understand what's on the label, there's stuff that's not on the label that's affecting your health. So the first thing that you can look at on the label is make sure you are not using products that are mainly synthetic. So if you're looking at a, an ingredient label and you're like, why are there so many synthetics? And they're all like these long chemical names. That's already red flag. Number one, red flag. Number two is if you are looking at a, an ingredient list and it's really, really long. That's also could be a red flag. It's not always a red flag, but that's something that kind of sticks out sometimes because sometimes companies will put like at the beginning. So the ingredient list goes like this. The ones at the beginning are the most prevalent until a certain point. And then after a certain point below a certain percentage, they can be listed in any order they want. And usually what they do is they'll start putting all the plant, you know, really nice natural plant sounding ingredients in a specific order to make you feel like, oh, it's got a lot of plant things in it, which is great. It is good, but it is, doesn't always mean that it's what you think it is, that it's natural, that it's low tox, that it's organic, that it's, you know, all of the marketing that they like to tell you. So, so much fake. It's not fake, but misleading marketing. Like That's right. The eco, So in Australia, there's a few brands that like the eco cleaning home brand. And you're like, it says eco on the front, but it's not really that eco for the toxic load. <laughs> right. Know, maybe, maybe it's eco because it's green in color, but how the fuck did they get it to be green? You know, like, anyway, that's, excuse my language. You mean the actual product, like the yeah. color of the actual product. Yeah, exactly. If it's like a super unnatural looking color, that is massive red flag, <laughs> huge red flag. Yeah. Like, flag. um, a lot of the hand soap, at least in the U S they use this like bright neon pink stuff. I know the things. Yep. In the public and the, toilets. Yes, mm-hmm. exactly. And the scent will just stick to your hands and you're like, Oh man, that definitely has phthalates in it. So that's the other one. So first, um, avoid the ones that are like super synthetic, avoid the ones that have super long ingredient lists, and then avoid the ones that have fragrances. That's like the easiest one to do is if it says fragrance on the label, it is not a good sign because I think they said something like 72% of all fragrance that you see the word fragrance on the label will contain phthalates. So that's like a really quick way to avoid a lot of toxic exposure. People can't see me, but I'm just shaking my head being like, oh my God, I have a funny story to go, to go with that, Dr. Yvonne. So there's a place near me where I do stairs. So it's a stair, um, it's like a nice, it's, it's a little park on um, an edge by the water, like by the ocean. And it's quite hard stairs. And I love doing these stairs as like a form of exercise, just walking to the top, looking at the view, coming down and walking back up. And I can smell people's washing detergent as they cross me heading down while I'm going up. And it is so freaking strong. And I'm just like, I can't deal with it. Like I literally have to like, when I see them approaching me, I'll take a deep breath and I'll block my, you know, and then quickly walk faster past them because their fragrances on their clothing that they're wearing whilst they're exercising is so strong. And similar thing, I'll never forget when my partner um, moved all of these things up from interstate to, to live with me and he moved from a share house and some of his stuff, I was like, babe, we can't keep this inside. It stinks. He's like, 
it's freshly washed. I'm like, it still fucking stinks, like terrible fragrance. And I don't want that inside the house. I'm a bit like a Nazi sometimes. Um, And I think it just goes to show, for me, I've learned, Dr. Yvonne, that because I've withdrawn myself from the fragrance world for so long, I'm so sensitive and I have such great sense of smell now that I can sniff out shitty fragrances from a mile away and I think that when you're so in it and you're like but the fragrance isn't that bad you just have to withdraw yourself for a time period of time so that you can actually re-look at it in a month's time or in two months time would you agree a hundred million freaking percent oh my gosh like that's exactly what I experienced too and I realized like you're living in a cloud, in a plume of all of this shit. And especially when I was working in the fragrance and flavor chemical industry, I worked in flavor specifically, but flavor and fragrance chemicals are the same. They overlap. So I'm sitting there in this building and it's just like sensory overload. That's what you're experiencing when you're constantly using fragrances. You're experiencing sensory overload because if you've ever smelled something that smelled bad, like poop or something, you don't continue to smell the poop, right? We have this mechanism in our olfactory system that kind of turns off that input. So you don't, you're not constantly irritated because like, I don't know anyone who likes the smell of poop. So it kind of turns off so that you're not like, okay, gross. (laughs) Right. Exactly. Well, I mean like people, I guess (laughs) maybe they're out there. I don't know. And this is not, I'm not judging. I'm just saying that's a fetish. They could be a fetish, but let's not go there. Or like uh, rotten eggs or, or, you know, whatever. Some smell that is unpleasant, that people don't like. Uh, it doesn't typically last in your nose for that long because your body turns off. It's like, okay, I've had enough of that. I'm aware it's here. Let's turn off that input. That's the same when it comes to fragrances. You have to remove yourself to realize how potent it really is. You wouldn't know otherwise. Like I've had people reach out to me from um, these chain stores in the U.S. called Bath and Body Works. They are just completely fragrance laden. That's what they sell. They sell fragrances. That's what it is. It's just fragrance lotions, candles, body sprays, you name it. It's all there. It's an, it's an over like, like an overload when you walk into shops like that. Exactly. Or even walking past the shop, like you said, you hold your breath. I hold my breath or I'll even walk as far as I can away from that place because I don't want to smell it. But uh, I've had people who work there come and say how you know, how much their health improved after they stopped working there just wow. because of like the migraines, the headaches, the period problems, just by it, the list goes on situation. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I think and that imagine goes... you're putting it on your body too, right? Oh. So you're like inhaling it and absorbing it through your skin. It's like, ah, you're like literally smothering the body in, in exactly in that way. That's a perfect way to describe it. Like, like, like smother. Ah. Yes. Um, for the sound effects. Everyone loves the sound effects. <laughs> so <laughs> it also makes me feel a little bit like people don't realize how much one's environment can impact their health and well-being until they remove themselves from their environment. And even though since the pandemic, I haven't been to any Asian countries, I generally before the pandemic would travel a lot. And I once went away for two months and I did Vietnam, no, sorry, Cambodia and Thailand. And when I came home, I just remember flying into Brisbane and this, the capital city near near where I live and walking off the plane and you walk off the plane and you walk on the tarmac to get back into the, um, the airport. And I was like, the air is so fresh. And I just like, we have to drive with all the windows down. And I was just so excited to breathe 
really fresh air because some of those other, like some other countries don't have as clear or pure air as what we might have. And I think one thing we can't do is control the external air in our environment, but we can definitely control the air in our house, in our home. So thank you for sharing all your tips about D, um, D, I was going to say dehumidifiers, but air purifiers. Yeah, that's such a good point because I, I, the, the goal is to not make you more crazy and think like you have to live in a bubble, like you said, because it's not possible. Just like let that one go. You can't control the air outside necessarily. Like if you're really in an area that has poor air quality and this is the most extreme measure that you can take um, is to move. <laughs> I know that's not always the easiest, but, you know, if that's something that is really, um, you know, bothering you or you're noticing a lot of health effects, you know, that's one thing that I personally had to do. I used to live in a very urban, very congested area. And as part of my healing for my personal experience, I found that removing myself from that environment helped tremendously. Mm, great tip. Now, I'm not saying everyone just slap, like, move shit. <laughs> <laughs> but explore, like, do all the other things first. And then if yeah. you're still being really dramatically impacted, then maybe that's a, an avenue. But just go away for two weeks and see if you feel better in a different environment. You don't have to move yet. Um, That's right. There's so many little things you can do. I'm loving our conversation. So thank you so much for sharing. Um, were there any other tips around the personal care, re like reducing the toxic load? I know you gave the top three synthetic products, ingredient list and avoiding fragrances. Were they, are they the tops or is there anything else you want to add to that before we? Yeah, there's one more. Mm -hmm. One more big tip. Avoid all the waterproof, long lasting, long wear, smudge proof, budge proof, all of those marketing terms, like avoid any products that have that attached mm -hmm. to it because you have no idea how they are getting that waterproof quality in there. Oh, how they're getting well, it to stick on your face. Right. Like to not come off your face. That's pretty dramatic and it's, ex it's extreme. So, mm -hmm. I mean, stuff like that doesn't exist in nature. really. Um, I actually very little. I actually wear, it's called Surf Mud is the brand. I'm not affiliated with them. I just use their product and it's a zinc for surfers, like for people who surf. So it's very thick and it sticks on your face because you're obviously in the water. Like my brother will surf for three hours a day. Like he's in the water getting smashed in the face by waves all the time. And so I actually wear this and I mix a little bit of my like jojoba or rosehip oil with it and thin it out so it spreads over um, over my face and I would even use that sometimes as a makeup coverage if I need to wear makeup coverage because I'm going to a wedding or a big event that I want to wear makeup at and there's so many ways to go around it you don't have to always go for like the cheapest product which has the best marketing yeah because it just I always say that the money when they've got good marketing is because most of the product that, or money that goes into the product goes into the marketing. It doesn't actually go into the product itself. So you're paying for a shit quality product and you're paying for, you're paying for the marketing that's being sold to you. Oh my gosh. Like I freaking love that you said that because <laughs> I have an Instagram post literally about this, that why companies are spending millions and millions per year on advertising, marketing, when they could take that money and invest in ingredients that actually help the consumer, like yep. WTF, like what the freak, like this is so ass backwards. I think a really it good overview for that, for people who were thinking, but what do they mean by marketing? If a brand is paying a million dollars to an athlete or an actress 
or someone to be like, hey, can you promote our product? That money that they're paying to that person is a portion of the product that you're purchasing. Exactly. So instead of that going into like a higher quality ingredient, um, you know, my background's in nutritional manufacturing as a food science formulator. So I know the food side and it's really, you just don't understand. There's so many shortcuts that people can take and always invest in a brand that is ethically made, ethically sourced. I'm going on a rant now. Ethically made, ethically sourced, ideally local. So it's close to you. So you can, maybe you can even go and see where it's made or you can actually talk to the people yourself and stuff that isn't being blasted on billboards or, you know, on the Super Bowl com- commercials. Yeah, that is such a good point because all that money that they're, like you said, paying to that celebrity, that athlete for endorsements, like just take some of that and put it, invest it into manufacturing equipment that's like better or ingredients that are better packaging that's better, you know, that doesn't have a negative impact because that's how you're, I mean, okay. I think they're actually really stupid for doing this, that business model because you're slowly killing off your customer. It's like, don't you want your customer to be healthy that they can live longer (laughs) and continue to buy your product? Like Mm -hmm. it just doesn't make sense. Yeah. Anyways, like you said, rant, rant over. (laughs) And moving on, moving on. Um, Dr. Yvonne, this has been such an amazing conversation. Thank you so much for being here and sharing with us. Um, Do you have anything that you'd like to add as a summary to living a low-tox lifestyle before I ask you where people can find you? Yeah, definitely. Number one is don't stress out. Take daily consistent action. It doesn't even have to be daily. Just take consistent action. And stay dedicated to your goals. And just remember why you want to pursue a certain health goal. That's really, really what keeps me motivated. That really helps a lot of my clients is just remembering why you want to do it. Is it because someone you love or you yourself personally went through cancer? Is it because you suffered with infertility or you want to prepare and have a baby Or is it that you just want to ensure that your future generations, your kids and your, your family members are healthier, or is it because you care about the environment? All of those things are affected by your product choices, period, end of story. So low tox living can help you with all of those. I love it. Great summary. Thank you for sharing. Now, where can people learn about you? Because I know that you also, like you mentioned earlier, that you do create courses and you have a Safe Ingredient Academy course, which really teaches people how to dive into the you know, cosmetics and personal care for themselves and how to read ingredient lists and how to understand how they can apply a non-toxic exposure lifestyle. So where can they find you? What's the best platform? You can find me on Instagram. I'm pretty much on there every single day. I'm also... Uh, starting to be a little bit on TikTok just for fun, but main my main channel is through Instagram. So you can find me at Dr. Yvonne Burgart. Fantastic. Well, I'll put all of those links in the show notes, including a little bit about your offerings and your courses. If people are interested in learning a little bit more about those. All right. Final podcast question before we wrap up, we are switching gears. This has nothing to do with what we've been talking about. So be, be prepared. I want you to think back, Dr. Yvonne, to your younger menstruating self when you got your period for your first time. What are three things you wish you had have known then that you now know today? So first, the period is an amazing thing. 
And no matter what lies ahead, just know that your body is communicating with you. So pay attention to this, to the signs that your period is showing you. And number three is enjoy having it because when it's gone, you're going to want it back. I haven't lost mine yet. I haven't gone through menopause, but I'm almost like from all of the women who have gone before me that have, you know, gone through menopause are like, Oh, you know, you're so lucky. You still have your, period. Mm-hmm. so that's, that's something that, you know, I, if, if I could go back and talk to my, you know, first period younger self, that's what I would tell her. Oh, I love that. I love that. Enjoy having your period. You heard it here. Enjoy menstruating. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Dr. Yvonne, this has been fantastic. Loved having you on the show. Thank you so much for being here and, you know, dedicating and sharing your precious time with us. Yeah. Thank you so much for inviting me. And I wish everyone in the world could have radiant Thank you so much for tuning into every episode of the Well Woman Podcast. For everything we mentioned in today's episode, you can find this in the show notes over at wellsome.com forward slash podcast. If this episode excited you, please hit follow on Spotify, which means all of my episodes will pop up in your feed weekly so you never miss a weekly drop. I'd love you to leave a review on Apple Podcasts too. Love this episode? Come and follow me over on Instagram at wellsome underscore Gemily. Say hi and share what you've taken away from this episode with me. Now, is there a bestie, sister, or a friend who you know who might be fed up, frustrated, and confused with their cycles? Are they ready to join you in awakening their cyclical essence too? Well, take a screenshot of this podcast episode, share it on your socials, email it, text it, or any way you need to get it to them. So together, we can all live in flow, harmony, and balance with our cycles. Now, until next time, beautiful, get connected, listen to your body, and remember, body confidence all begins with living in tune with your menstrual cycle.